0: Good morning, this is Rob McDougall from Zank Financial here with your weekly economic update. Today is Monday, August 21st, 2023. So we're going to go through, as we always do, a few data points that were uh, economic data that was released last week. But that's the, the data points weren't what really drove the market. We had some other events that occurred that led to negative returns, both in uh, equities and fixed income in the U.S., So, to begin with, last week the FOMC meeting minutes were released. And there were, to people paying attention, I don't think there was really any surprise, but investors seemed to be surprised that many FOMC participants, voters uh, on the staff, voiced concern over potential uptick in inflation and potential uh, interest rate increases in the future. It was precisely what Jerome Powell had said after the meeting, so it didn't seem to be new news. Nonetheless, um, stocks have done really well year to date and fixed income fairly well. So I think people were just taking, uh, taking some of their gains last week. So use that as an opportunity to sell. So that was number one. Number two, uh, global worries. So we'll talk about the U.S. economy and the strength of the U.S. economy in a little bit. But China, in particular last week, some really negative news. Uh, retail sales were poor, industrial production, real estate values down. And at the end of the week, their largest real estate company, Evergrande, ever grand, uh, filed for bankruptcy in the U.S. So clearly things are not going well in China. China stocks are down year to We'll take a look at those numbers in a little bit. But negative news from China, which had been a growth driver for world GDP for two decades and most recently, not so much. So that's two of the three. The third thing that hit last week is bank stocks. I uh, got a warning about potential downgrades from Fitch. You may recall three weeks ago or so, Fitch downgraded U.S. government debt. And now they're looking at U.S. bank debt. And just last week or two weeks ago, Moody's had cut ratings on 10 U.S. banks. So we may have some further downgrades on the U.S. banking sector. So altogether, three negative data points outside of the economics that we that we track. So uh, the tracking of the economic data points that we did track from last week were actually very favorable, maybe too much so. U.S. economy is growing and is actually very healthy at this point. So Retail sales were released last week, and retail sales, X-Auto, that was for the month of July, came out on, thir- on Tuesday. Both were expected to be up 0.4% month over month, but retail sales were actually a positive 07 and retail sales, X-Auto, 1%. So that's a big beat, really, for both of those metrics. So clearly, that dovetails with what we've seen from the Consumer Confidence and Consumer Sentiment Index, U.S. consumer is definitely spending money at this point. So on Wednesday last week, two more housing-related uh, data points. They will we'll just call them in line. There wasn't; uh, they were very close to consensus. Housing starts a little bit better than consensus. Building permits slightly below. So no market movement uh, from those two metrics from last week. So what I do want to talk about uh, that came up last week, Atlanta Federal Reserve. We always watch their updates to U.S. GDP. Their third quarter expectation it just uh, it just almost defies logic. It just keeps going up. Last week they increased their third quarter expectation to a positive 5.8% growth on the back of actual GDP growth in the second quarter of 2.6. So it looks like we have had a spurt of growth here in the third quarter, at least per the Atlanta Federal Reserve, and I don't think most people are expecting to see growth numbers anywhere near this. So update from Atlanta Fed, 5.8% GDP growth in the third quarter. Um On the other side of the equation, one thing I want to bring up is I mentioned on inflation. We thought inflation was going to come down from the peaks that we saw in June of 2021, and I think we hit that correctly. So much of that was driven by energy prices. Now, there was dislocation. There were supply chain issues. We really thought it was more of an energy issue, energy price. So energy prices rolled over, and what happened? Inflation has come down dramatically. Now, we're we're not near the Fed targets yet of 2.0 2.0 for PCE but CPI has a three in front of it now. so it's come down dramatically. Um, I just want to caution that in terms of future improvements on inflation they're either going to be muted or we could probably possibly give some of that back so that it's partially because we do see the US economy stronger than expected the GDP expectation I just shared with you from the Atlanta Federal Reserve. And then just following fuel prices, so we take a look at Brent crude, which was down to seventy-three dollars in June, eighty-five dollars today. So it's definitely going to hit consumers. And a metric that we're starting to watch: U.S. energy inflation uh, that's reported. Um, we'll leave this. Put this slide in. It simply shows that the tailwind that we had from energy prices price decreases. Most recently, it peaked. The peak benefit happened in June. Negative 16.7%, fantastic. July was a negative 125 That tailwind is probably going to get smaller and smaller as we move forward with energy prices up. So not making a predict- prediction on inflation, just saying we've had a nice drop in inflation, very steady since June of 2021. I think it's going to get a little choppy in terms of CPI and PCE measurements in the next few months. Inflation expectations, based on everything that I just told you, U.S. economy up, investors' concern about the Fed increasing. Surprisingly, the 10-year break-even, 10-year Treasury minus 10-year tips, that improved last week. Uh, Dropped six basis points from 2.38% to 2.32%. Again, that is investors' collective expectation of average inflation over the next 10 years, 2.32%. Take a look very quickly at the FOMC and expectations. There is a meeting uh, the month of September. It happens on the 20th, or at least starts on the 19th, ends on the 20th. Expectation now is 88.5% chance of no increase, so an 11.5% chance of a 25 basis point increase. If we look at the end of the year, the December meeting after the December 13th, expectation is 67%, two-thirds odds, that we're going to be precisely where we're at right now. That's a range of 5.25 to 5.5. So there is a 31% probability built in that we will have one more increase and it will stick at the end of the year. So it move that range to 550 to 5.75, um, but almost no expectation of anything further than that. So all that data last week, what happened, negative price reaction both in the equity and in the fixed income, income markets here in the U.S. So the S&P 500 last week uh, was down a little over 2%, 2 2.05%, really led by small caps. Russell 2000 down 3.36%. Growth value, hardly any difference. Large cap did outperform small here in the U.S. So on a year-to-date basis, as of Friday, I know we've had a couple of rocky weeks. Nonetheless, S&P 500 for the year up 15.02%. International lagged the U.S. again last week. So that, they were down 3.42%. That's MSCI World XUS For the year, that's up 5.5%. And again, the S&P 500 is up 1502 So again, domestic stocks strongly have outperformed international on a year-to-date basis. Last one on international, China, down 5.6% last week. We talked about some of their issues earlier. They are down 8.7% for the year, where the S&P 500 is up 15. So China, not a great place to be. Our portfolios, and you can talk to your client service managers, our, most of our portfolios have very little exposure to China equities. So we have avoided that pitfall this year. Fixed income, also down last, year, last week. Again, investors concerned about the Fed. Further increases, both the 2- and the 10-year yields were up. So the Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index down 50 basis points last week. So now the Bloomberg U.S. Bond Aggregate Index almost flapped for the year. It's positive 0.13%. So looking at this coming week, very light in terms of economic release. There's only one of note, and it's not likely to be a market mover. Existing home sales on Tuesday comes out. Uh, for July, the number is expected to come in at 4.15 million. It was 4.16 million the month before. So I don't expect that to move anything. But one thing that may, uh, Chairman Powell did, will have a speech later this week on Friday, Jackson Hole. His comments on the economy uh, will definitely, in, in expectations of future rate increases, People will really focus on that. So whatever happens during the week, I, I would imagine not a lot of price movement in either way. Friday could be fairly volatile given uh, what um, Powell may say during that. And I will particularly be focused on what his expectations are and his view on US. growth, because again, that Atlanta Federal Reserve number, of 5.6 or 5.8% increase of third quarter, I don't think the market's expecting that. So that's it uh, for the economic update for this week. Thank you very much for your attendance, and please tune in again next week. Thank you.